Today on Podcast by the Bay, we speak with District 13 State Senate candidate and also the current Millbrae Councilwoman, Ann Oliva. I'm passionate about housing. I know that we need to work on our transportation. I am very engaged with sea level rise and the importance of how I need to protect that for the next generation to come, both environmentally and economically. And I mean, that's, that's very important. And my drive comes from my heart, and that's because I want to do something about the homeless population of people in our community. All coming up on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty. Serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com And now, another podcast by the Bay. Welcome to Podcast by the Bay. We thank you for being with us and we thank you for downloading this episode and for spreading the word to all your friends about Podcast by the Bay. And so today we're going to continue our candidate coverage for the District 13 State Senate seat. And so today's candidate we're going to speak with is Ann Oliva. And so Ann, you actually, you actually might know Ann. She's actually the current uh, Millbury Councilwoman in Millbury. She used to be former mayor in a previous term. So she actually has some great political experience. But also she's the daughter of the longtime San Bruno mayor, Bob Marshall, who served um, as mayor for San Bruno for 12 years. So you actually might know of Bob Marshall. So with that, uh, Podcast by the Bay does not endorse or support any of the candidates. We merely allow our platform to be used so we can understand more about the candidates and hear about their vision and views on the issues that are affecting us all. So if you have any questions, you have any feedback, please reach out to us at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast by the Bay is our handle. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast by the bay. And remember, you can listen to any of our shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week for free on any of the podcast sites, whether it's Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Casters, and actually on our website too. So go ahead and check it out. So with that, signing off, we'll catch you on the next time of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Welcome to Podcast by the Bay. Today is the 29th of May. We have the honor of interviewing Ann Olivia, who's running for Senate District 13. That covers South San Francisco to Mountain View. About 66.5% of the voters are in San Mateo County, and about 33%, 33% is also in Santa Clara County. Ann Ann is a a real estate broker and also has been in real estate for over 20 years, according to her website. And I think she's been a little bit longer. As you know, I'm also in real estate. Um, I own Liberty Realty. And we have the pleasure of of finally uh, pinning Ann down for an interview. Uh, Welcome, Ann, to Podcast by the Bay. Thank you. How are you today? Good, good. Could you give us a little background about yourself? Just talk about how you got into real estate, and then and how you got into public service, 
meaning, you know, running, getting involved in politics? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so um, I was born and raised in the peninsula, uh, grew up in San Bruno, and uh, actually bought my first house in San Bruno. I uh, moved slightly south to the city of Millbrae, where I raised my three kids, Joey, Marco, and Francesca. And coincidentally, today, uh, you said the 29th of May, it just clicked in my head. Tomorrow's my 38th wedding anniversary to my husband, Jose. Well, congratulations on that. We're, we're, we're honored that you found some time right in between. So I know you guys are going to be going out to dinner or, or maybe tomorrow out to dinner. Or maybe watching the Warriors. Okay, I hope you're going to be watching the Warriors. <laughs> I know I, I was able to... Uh, Go to one of Annie's kickoffs, which was at Coyote Point. I'm going to be out there today. I'm also a member of Coyote Point, so we're going to be out watching the Warriors later there at Coyote Point, too. That so. is a beautiful place on the peninsula. I was, I, I was so thrilled to be able to have my kickoff there. And I was so amazed at the scenery. The bay was spectacular that day. I don't know if you remember 100%, but the weather was perfect. We were able to go out on that deck and just w- look at the beautiful uh, city by the bay. Um, right across from where we are celebrating It was kickoff. gorgeous to see all those people there there to support you, Annie. Thank you. Um, why don't we get into some um, issues if we can talk. Um, as you know, on Podcast by the Bay, we've been interviewed 16 mayors on the peninsula and different people in city council. Um, I think our audience needs to know that Annie serves currently on the Millbrae City Council, and you're in your second term. Is that correct? Yes, I'm on my second term, and I also did serve as the mayor of Millbrae. Yes, I, I noticed that in your resume background. Well, congratulations. I know city council is challenging. Um, it's challenging sometimes just to get through the door, so I know from my own experience here. Um, what I really wanted to talk a little bit about is you're in, in the housing industry. Our governor uh, has said that we have 3.5 million of housing that we need to see built on the, on the, in the Bay Area or in the state of California. Um, Currently, we had a, a, a we had a Senate Bill uh, 50 that went down to def- or 827 that went down to defeat, which was Senator Weiner's bill, and then also recently we had 827. Um, can you talk a little bit about the proposals that have been proposed and why you feel that they did not work well with the cities in the peninsula? So I'm not so sure if they didn't work well with the cities in the peninsula. I like the ideas, and uh, I'm very, very happy that the governor has made a pledge to the 3.5 million uh, doors of housing to be created in our in our state. Um, I'm not so sure that I would support Senate Bill 50 with regards to taking the control out of the local government. So, like I said, like we just talked about, I serve on the City Council of Millbrae, and also as, I also did serve as the Mayor of Millbrae. And um, that bill has been um, tabled for a two-year bill. I think that that's going to work very well in, in to the process of letting our cities up and down the peninsula celebrate the successes. And I, I, I think given the chance to see what South San Francisco... San Bruno, Millbrae, Burlingame just upzoned everything on Rollins Road, and Redwood City have done, amongst other cities, to to make an effort to 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 create more housing that is so needed. I, I love the need. I'm just not not so sure that the bills are perfect enough to accept. Well, I, I'm glad you did that. I know we had an opportunity on podcast by the band. I encourage you that we interviewed Senator Weiner this year. 
on his uh, Senate Bill 50. And obviously they were trying to build towards the uh, corridor transportation. And yes, I think it was kind of demanding towards the, uh, the local cities because the local jurisdictions, their needs are a little bit different city by city. Um, I do attest that I, I think that I've, I've been watching very closely Belmont, San Carlos, Redwood City, San Bruno, have all been quite aggressive mm-hmm. on developing property San Carlos. in San yes. Carlos. Mm-hmm. One of the narratives that became uh, pretty obvious, you see, is that we're building more rental units than we are building affordable housing to sell on the market. Do you have any comment on that? Um, most of the projects that we see, even the Saris Regis uh, that we developed in Foster City, which is going to have, quote unquote, some workforce housing, which is encouraging, um, it still is mostly rentals, not necessarily property up for sale. What's happening in the peninsula, well, do you think? I, I think that, you know, the, it's a great start for anything. And um, as a private property right uh, advocate, I think that to allow for an owner to build what they need to build, um, I sometimes... We have to start with the rental properties in order to convert or whatever the conversions go forward with the different laws that exist today. I don't. I would not taboo whether it was rental or if it was home ownership. I think that each, each and all are so necessary. I want to touch a little bit about something that goes along with housing that is very important as well, and that is transportation. Because, granted, we need all of these housing units but we also need to take in consideration the transportation. Well, I want to I want to say conc- that I totally agree with you. And actually, when I interviewed the mayors and the settlement, transportation is is as large of a problem, if not more of a problem, than the housing. Do you have a comment? We currently have. I talked to the mayors and the assemblymen. We do not have a transit district in San Mateo and Santa Clara County. The only thing we do have is a Clipper card which is a wonderful thing because it goes between BART and Caltrain and all that other type of stuff. But we still have 70 to 80% of the people are single drivers. So mm-hmm. what's your opinion on a transit district? Because Well, let's talk about transit in particular, that it, it is not a particularly a great system. So, yes, we have north to south on uh, Caltrans and BART north to south to a certain extent. But um, I would like to think that with um, home ownership and maybe let more affordable housing east to west, if we can start thinking in those terms. Um, also with t- transit, when you talked about the, the affordable housing being rentals, that's what c- we are capable of doing at a lot of the transit hubs. I want to. Can I talk about Millbrae for a second? It's sure, so absolutely. Because you've got an accomplishment out there yeah. in the city of Millbrae. I know it was kind of a football there going back and forth. And now that housing was right built near Bard. Why don't you talk about it? And let me just explain that football back and forth was because we wanted the best for our city. And Bart owned the property on one of the, of one of the um, developments. And what they wanted was mixed use that allowed for uh, some housing, affordable housing and veterans preferred housing. So we will have not only a hotel, we'll have veterans preferred housing, we'll have mixed use with apartments in the housing. And just on the other side of BART, which would be on the west side of BART, is another development that will have office space and housing as well. So building on that transit, I hope, will at least um, at least attract those that might want to take BART or the train to go north or south at this time 
and uh, live and work right where they can take that, that tr- public transportation. Well, you know, I was excited to interview Mayor Gina Pampin last mm-hmm. year, and she, um, I don't know if you had an opportunity to listen to her interview. Her interview, we kind of focused on the uh, transportation or the lack of, of uh, BART going into the airport as often as it should, especially mm-hmm. since you guys are a hub with BART and you, you do utilize it. And I think that uh, Mayor Gina, as well as yourself, were successful in getting BART to go in there more often uh, into the airport. So yeah. you want to talk a little bit about that? We've, uh, Gina worked very hard on that, as we all did, but she, she definitely was um, an advocate to get BART to make some more, actually make uh, an extra couple stops to go into the airport from Millbrae. It was, it was kind of awkward where it would only stop in Millbrae and then you had to take another form of transportation to the, to the airport, and she's, she's got that more frequently going on. Um, but in... That's great for commuters that want to take the airport, which is awesome. Now, with our development, we're going to ha- be able to, they can maybe stop, have grab a bite to eat, maybe, you know, uh, do a little bit of shopping, and then they can actually go to the airport, too. So we'll help facilitate that with that one of the big projects that are going in over there, too. Well, I'm, um, one of the things that the state and federal government does for housing, uh, especially for contractors and developers, is to give them tax credits if they build near the corridor transportation area. I think Senator Weiner's bill on 50 was trying to build towards those corridor transportation areas. But my concern is, is that, first of all, there is no study in the state of California that's showing building near the corridor transportation areas that actually people take public transportation. A success was currently, or last year, was Bay Meadows. Bay Meadows made a development, a portion of the development out there that if you did buy a house in this development, that you needed to do ride share or that you needed to show some kind of form of public transportation. How do you think we can address that a little bit better? Because we seem to have a broken transit system um, and we have a need for people to be able to take public transportation to get back and forth. Yeah, I, I mean, Patrick, everything you mentioned, anything that can incentivize to take the cars off the off the road. I mean, we're all for it. As as simple as uh, cleaning up our public transportation. So that that's something near and dear to me. I mean, I don't always feel comfortable myself getting on BART. I mean, it needs to be a safer element for uh, uh, for everybody to get on. And I think that all of that would would help. You know, everybody needs to clean up their act. The cities with the transportation hubs. And putting housing near that—that's that's a given. And yet, I would like to see you know our transportation get cleaned up and make it make it more user friendly. Well, that's a, that's a great point. I, I think that and this kind of goes back to my thing. I think we need a transit district in San Mateo County because everybody's fighting for the same federal state tax dollar. I had an honor to interview Seamus Murphy, which is the director coordinator for BART Sam Tramps, and I was. Surprised, but not surprised. And in the interview, he told me that the Sam Trams was for the elderly, the poor, and the disabled. Now, I understand the transit system is not as desirable to a lot of the young people that come in that work at Apple, Facebook, Google, Salesforce, or Oracle. So, I mean, that's just a classic example of something where we have an outdated system that is not current. As well as you mentioned BART. I mean, I, I heard recently that a lot of the people, BART's going to be increasing their fees. Um, and that some of the people said they're not riding BART because of the homelessness mm-hmm. um, or the lack of a lack of cleanliness you're there. 
So do you think there's a way that we can collectively work with the current transportation district? Because everybody seems to be working independent. We Absolutely. I mean, it has to be collective. And I think what you just hit the nail on the head with, with people are being proactive with regards to Apple and Facebook and Genentech and those whatever companies have the, the beautiful vans on the road, gathering the people to bring them in to take people's individual cars off the road. So you have to, you know, you have to give kudos where kudos is due. Um, and what you say about being collective, absolutely. I mean, more heads are better than, than one. We can't, we can't do this alone. We all have to put our heads together. <clears throat> we all have special needs. And like, sorry, I'm choking here. Rightfully, everybody should put, to, put it together and make it right. We are behind. I mean, you travel. I know you travel. And if you go anywhere out of this country, it's, or even out of our district, there are some really cool ideas we don't have to reinvent, but we can just, you know, mock. Well, I, I've got an idea, and I hopefully you're going to take an opportunity to listen to a gentleman that was on Woodside City Council for 18 years, and that's Dave Tanner. The shopping center, the uh, Tamperan Shopping Center, from my understanding of the investors from Australia, are going to level that property. Dave Tanner has a, a proposal like a monorail system, which would actually drop off at those cities every 28 minutes. I know uh, the plan well. Do you know the plan well? It what do you think of Tracy and Pittsburgh? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's it's definitely a genius mind. Is it perfect? I can't really. I'm not in the position to judge it as far as a, a perfect perfect route. But absolutely, yes. I know the plan well, and um, it makes a lot of sense. You talk about affordable housing, you talk about uh, good transportation, you talk about uh, the middle of our district being able to go to and from. Absolutely, 100%, I would do some research on that. Now, I know he presented it to the Bay Area cities. Um, at least that's what I was told. Obviously, I wasn't invited to it. But Bay Area cities, were you, have you you've seen the presentation then? I have, I have. Okay, and do you think it, that the surrounding cities are going to grab a hold of it, or do you think it's... It's something that we need somebody like, because it's mainly funding. I think that we need somebody to help fund that. Is it funding? Is it? Can we afford not to do something? Is well, I, Annie, I think that's a very good statement. We can't afford not to do it. Yeah, so let's push a little bit harder and encourage your, your colleagues to listen to Dave Dave Tanner. I know quite a few people that I've interviewed, they never heard of the his proposal. And his proposal, so the audience knows, is a proposal near the Tanfran Shopping Center, which would be a 380 connection. Right. And 35 or 40 percent of our traffic that comes into the Bay Area is in those surrounding cities. Yeah, and it's 28, I think it's 20 minutes to Pittsburgh or 28 minutes to Pittsburgh or Tracy, one of the two. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's really, yeah. it's pretty, pretty cool. Let's go back to the bus situation. This is an academic. You know, we all see, and you mentioned earlier, you see the Apple bus, the Google bus. Yes. And it says taking 120 people off the road. And I think that's exciting. But somebody told me that those buses are half full. Um, so I was thinking, wow, I mean, it's great even if it's half full that, that, that actually something's being done. Um, a project or a development in Foster City is the Peninsula Jewish Community Center. Uh, they have 30 employees, and those 30 employees pretty much run a, uh, uh, the Peninsula Jewish Community Center. So when I was talking to Paul, Paul is the CEO over there, I said, Paul, what about the idea of Apple or Facebook or Google teaming up with you and taking those 30 spots? Now, I guess I got the red tape thing. He says, well, we're afraid that they're going to 
share a secret or there's some legal problem with it. So that they couldn't share the bus with the 30 people because they're already taking people that are coming from the East Bay or Hayward, Mm -hmm. Fremont, Stockton or whatever. So I think we need to be a little more innovative on crossing over that. How do we get those Apple and Facebook buses filled? Yeah, and well, one th- way to look at it, I'm not so sure because I'm, it's not my company, so I'm not going to basically sure. tell them what they need to do or whatever it is to to get it filled. But frankly, you know, a lot of those uh, offices are working from home, so quite possibly it could be full if everybody was going into the office that day. I'm not quite sure, but let's celebrate that there's half of that bus full. I mean, that's a lot, like you said, it's a lot less cars off the road. As far as um, sh- uh, sharing, ride sharing is a very simple concept. So I'm not, I couldn't understand why anybody, you know, I mean, what, it would be advantageous to any of those companies to, you know, help, you know, pay the gas or whatever it is. Well, maybe that's a dialogue we need to have. Because sure. the, new, the new thing now is we have to talk to Facebook and your Google and your Salesforce. It's a different Different animals, so to speak. Yeah, um, D- different projects can you know fit different needs of different companies. I'm, I mean, that that would be their business. Okay, back in 2008, the state was in dire straits, and when the state was in dire straits, we were all upset about the uh, redevelopment money being pulled from the the different cities in the county. There is talk back there in Sacramento that that redevelopment money may reappear. Just for our listeners, the redevelopment money is necessarily for improvements, but it is also was supposed to be designed for housing. Um, our current governor, um, Gavin Newsom, has indicated that he would be in favor of possibility with the redevelopment money, but he kind of has a carrot and stick towards the, the county. He's trying to say, if you're not going to build housing, we're going to withhold transportation money. What's your thoughts on that? Well... I think that uh, the carrot and stick is not a good way to maybe uh, deal with issues that are in crisis. So I think we need solutions to both transportation, infrastructure, I think is what you were alluding to. That was the little bit of the carrot to get our infrastructure completed, and that's a necessity. So, I mean, I I don't think that I work well under any threats. So my... my, um, Nothing. You're not being specific to you know what should be done, um, but I could tell you that we shouldn't not deal with our infrastructure. Um, it needs to be taken care of, and part of that is our transportation. And it's probably as large of a crisis as what I hear about a housing crisis. In fact, the, the word crisis doesn't mean anything any longer because there's so many crises. But housing and transportation are definitely priorities of which I would stand on my platform to run. Okay, another big issue um, in the Bay Area between uh, Santa Clara and San Francisco is the homelessness. Um, I can only speak a little bit to uh, San Mateo County's approach to it. San Mateo County um, has done a lot of work with surveys and, and volunteers trying to gather the information on how many homeless people. To our audience, homeless people are not just people that are in the street that we see. These people could be couch sleeping. They could be sleeping in their cars. They could be sleeping in RVs. They could be sleeping at bus stops. Um, how do we deal with the homelessness? Um, I know it's a growing a growing thing, not only in Santa Clara County, uh, San Mateo County, um, and also San Francisco. Um, a lot of it has to do with substance abuse in some areas. 
But a lot of it has to do with the economics that we have, the imbalance of, of rents and being affordable housing. It's a tough problem. I'm sorry to put that one on you, but I like it. it, it. It's a mouthful. <laughs> Your question's a mouthful. Uh, so can I talk a little bit about why I'm running? And I'm going to allude to your question. Absolutely, Ann. That would be great. So, first of all, this this seat is open because Senator Jerry Hill is termed out. Those are some big shoes to fill. He's been very transparent. He's been a great listener. He's pretty much uh, anything I'd want to be in regards to, I think, a good politician or a good leader. Um. There's transportation. We've talked about that. There's housing. I'd hope to be a champion on, coming from my background as a realtor. Um, And one thing that wasn't mentioned yet was sea level level rise, of which I think um, our district's doing a pretty good proactive job on. And I, I see these things that are definitely my priorities, and that's because... I would coattail what's being done. I think the leadership from our senator and our and our assembly, and as, and our uh, supervisor Dave Pine's done an amazing job with the sea level uh, advocacy. And in fact, I think next next Thursday there's a there's a big meeting um, on what is being done and how 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 many how many things they have uh, participated and ideas that that we're going to put on the forefront. I I think they're all wonderful. Um, homelessness is part of the transportation problem. We just said there's homeless people on our transportation. doesn't feel safe to take our public transportation. Homelessness, we need more housing. We need rentals, low-income in, low to moderate housing for people that can't afford what's out there because we have a very simple formula of Supply and demand that doesn't meet the needs of this of, of the demand. Now, Patrick, I've known you for how many years? Thir- maybe thirty years. Thirty, thirty plus years, I think. Yeah. So there's something you don't know about me. Oh, that, we were going to ask that, but let's 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 find out. My own son mm-hmm. was homeless. Oh wow, wow. And it's not because he couldn't have a roof over his head. It's because of mental illness and addiction. And that is what one of my priorities is going to be. The homeless people, they're people, they're people with needs. They're people that have a mom and a dad or are a son, a daughter, a mother, an aunt, or an uncle. And the fact remains that if they are on the street and they have a need or if they get picked up because they're acting erratic and they go to the hospital or they go into the, the jail, they're released usually in 72 hours. Now, if somebody you love is sick and you take them to the doctor and they're diagnosed with, God forbid, cancer they get treatment when somebody is homeless and has addiction problems and they were in the hospital they're let out 
there's a miss there, Patrick. And that, I think, is a platform priority that I want to see a change in. Well, I applaud you. Um, Probably something you don't know about myself is that I also teach in the Sequoia High School District kids of special needs, especially autistic kids. Um, My challenge for our school system is that we need to be taught mental health. Uh, You're absolutely right, Anne. Of course, it kind of goes back to Reaganomics a long time ago when we let all the Lynette Fromm and all those people out of the uh, institutions because the state took the money away. So I applaud you. I think that's a very passionate thing to, to bring forward. We, we need to deal with mental illness, and I think we need to deal with it even before it gets to the point where the people are homeless. You're absolutely right. So I, I applaud you. You're the first candidate that has talked about that. I'm excited about your passion for that. We need to bring that back into the curriculum. Mental health is just like... Health services, you know, red, you know, we need that kind of stuff. So I applaud you for that. Thank you. And, and I, I, you know, you, you bring up the point, I'm the first one to bring it up, but I'm the last one to take the interview. Well, that's great. And, <laughs> and um, the, the stance that I took to bring this out to the open was not an easy decision. And, yes, did I come into the race last? I'm coming into the race last, but very powerful and with a lot of thought because this was not meant to embarrass my family or to hurt anybody. But it is definitely coming from the heart, and it's coming from drive of which I need to take care of something here for other people that are feeling what our family has felt. Well, this dovetails into what should we do if, if you're, you're elected to the position? What do you think that we should do with the rainy day funds? How do you think we should spend them? Do you think we should spend 10%, 20%? I'm not trying to hold you some. We have rainy day. We have billions of dollars that are sitting in the coffers of the state of California. What do we need to put them in education, mental health, housing? What, what, what do you think we should do? With well, that? education is always the most important thing so that we don't have the crisis at the end, right? Um, I, I can't answer that question, Patrick. I, I'm not so sure where I would put the priority. I stand on my platform. I think that uh, rainy days are for when you need money. Rainy day funds are for when you need, and we have a need for housing. We have a need for transportation. We have a need to help our homeless population. Well, you know, you dovetail into the big question, and this is the big uh, gorilla in the cage. The governor, um, based on statistics over the 30 years, came up with, not the governor himself, but his experts, that we need 3.5 million housing units. That's on the basis that we didn't grow over this last 30 years period rapidly. But the, the big narrative when I've talked to elected officials, we do not know whether that's senior housing, workforce housing, subsidized housing. How can we handle that a little bit better? Most of the uh, elected or soon-to-be-elected people are all saying, well, once the economy levels off, we won't have this problem. Don't you think we should know first how much housing we need for seniors? So How much are we you need asking, do work? I agree with the governor? Is that what you're asking me? Well, I'm asking. I'm I, asking. I, I can tell you that I appreciate yeah. the passion yeah. and where the number came from. I'm not so sure. I mean, wherever he, wherever he, he got the number, um, I mean, like you said, it came from, it came from studies of which he, he's, you know, hired people to do. I, I wouldn't doubt that we need that number. And I would say all of the above. Everybody needs housing. 
So to, to say, you know, proportion it out, where's the need? Of course it needs to be proportioned out. We need senior housing. We need veterans housing. We need teacher housing. We need rentals. We need home ownership. We need all kinds of housing. So it definitely needs to be proportioned out. And One of the things that's happening on the peninsula, which happened many, many years ago, is campus housing. Stanford University has been successful with campus housing. The College of San Mateo has. Skyline College is going to be doing something. Um, and also San Bruno. Um, and I'm not sure whether in Millbrae, is there any, any uh, schools that would be closed? What's your thoughts on campus housing? No, oh, I love the idea. I mean, it's been incredibly successful at the college in our district. Um, it was a brilliant idea. And it's just, it's, it's a formula for success. So that, you know, you get a, you get a, a low um, rate for your um, rental property so that you're able to actually um, save some money and become a homeowner if that's what you so de- decide. I'm not so sure about the housing in San Bruno. I know that they're, you're, they're talking about selling to put other housing. I'm well, there's, there's uh, two. There was a, I think there's Crestmore, which right, I think to needs to go out to, to bid. Is that correct? For correct. somebody to, to uh, try to purchase it. And then if it's not purchased by that, then, it, then the public agency could go back and bid on it too. Yeah, and that's actually the area I grew up, was born in. You know, that's where I, I went to Crestmore High School. I'm did you? Did you? I, I knew one uh, girl that went there, and her first name was Kevin. I don't know if you ever knew the, the girl that was named Kevin that went to Crest. Beautiful campus. My first or second apartment was right on Whitman, so I was right around the corner from uh, Crestmore yeah, High School. I know that area well. Yeah. But I know that in, uh, in Millbrae there's, um, there's a talk about putting teacher housing possibly on the Mills campus, mm-hmm. and there's uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, I believe, there is a, um, a nice meeting to see you know how the neighbors feel and what the teachers feel, and all, the, all of those kind of outreaches are being done right now. Uh, currently, or um, about a week ago at Skyline College, uh, Jackie Spear, Congresswoman Jackie Spear, uh, Dave Pine, uh, Kevin Mullins, and a group of people got together to talk about housing, and I thought it was kind of exciting. Um, we had the one side was the politicians, and the other side was policy. It could have been the Catholics, it could have been the Protestants, uh, it was the health district, health too. District. Um, one of the gentlemen, uh, Mr. Dennis Zell, was talking, uh, I guess he's uh, the CEO of uh, the health, I think it's Sutter Health, if I'm not mistaken. And there, there was some talk about why, why are we building or duplicating so many of these services for our seniors. And they were trying to, to approach, Dennis, is it time that we go ahead and relook at the uh, Sutter Health thing and build some more housing? Any thoughts on that? Well, I'm pretty familiar with the situation, and it's in Burlingame. And um, I think the the question that a lot of people have is, what is affordable housing? So there there might be a need to have more affordable housing in that project. And um, I I think that that's a question we should all ask ourselves: What is affordable housing um, for seniors, for first time you know out of the first time home buyers? Uh, Families that need to rent. What is, what what terms affordable housing? Because it's pretty unaffordable in our in our district. It's very expensive. There's no doubt, and we need some solutions. So if I if I have clear on what you were talking about the health district, I think that was the question um, of the day at that at that. Right, right. So it's to look at something a little bit differently for rezoning because some we've already duplicated in San Mateo County some 
some issues. Um, I, I was passionate about uh, making sure that we did something with the Seton Hospital. And as you know now, uh, it seems to be in, bought in bankruptcy or whatever. But I thought that might have been an ideal workforce housing with the county because it's in a, a center of an area where it needs a lot of housing and affordable housing. But that didn't happen. Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't run that idea against David Canaba. You know, I, you know, matter of fact, I did run it against David, and, and, and I got that same kind of comment so that it didn't work. You worked very hard to keep that hospital. Well, I'm hoping it's going to be successful. As you know, with the bankruptcy situation and, and whoever acquires it, let's hope that they fulfill what, what uh, the state wants. And yeah. we, we still need to provide services for the seniors and a lot of people. This is a time, Ann, Annie, that I need for you to tell us you are a candidate number five. Why should somebody go ahead and vote for you? Um, obviously, you have an extensive background in real estate. Uh, you're a successful business person. You're passionate about uh, housing. You're passionate about mental health. What makes you the, the candidate that they should really look closely at and make a vote happen? I'm going to go back to my platform. My story. Yes, I was born and raised in the peninsula. Uh, I know it very well. I've worked it. I am in real estate. I'm family-owned business. I've worked that all my life. Um, I have a beautiful family. Um, I'm passionate about housing. I know that we need to work on our transportation. I am very engaged with sea level rise and the importance of how I need to protect that for the next generation to come both environmentally and economically. And I mean, that's, that's very important. And my drive comes from my heart, and that's because I want to do something about the homeless population of people in our community. Thanks, Annie. On behalf of Podcast By The Bay, we want to wish you the very, very best of luck in the upcoming primary, and we know you're going to do well. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. All material is property and copyrighted by Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.